0: Welcome to the PPR Podcast,
1: where we discuss all things fantasy football, from player news, rankings, projections, and even trade advice. Everything to help
2: you win your fantasy football league. And now, your host, Bob Miller. Hello and welcome to the PPR Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Miller. Welcome back to the show. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to cover the AFC North and what you can expect as far as the fantasy production for all the top stars like Lamar Jackson and, and, and Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow and, and Juju Smith-Schuster. We're going to cover all that in today's episode. Um, so to start off, I want to welcome our guest today from the Back Row Network of Podcasts, uh, first up, we have Rob Sprout from the Backrow Steelers show, and accompanying him is Joe Shaber. Uh, they are going to be talking about the Steelers to start things off with, and then we're going to have Matt Bruning talking about the Browns. He is from the Backrow Brown Browns show from the Back Row Network as well. And then we've got Tommy Harvey, who's going to be covering the Cincinnati Bengals and let you know what to expect from them this year. And then I will be talking about the Baltimore Ravens and what you can expect fantasy-wise uh, from the Ravens. So without further ado, let's get started. Uh, Rob, welcome to the show. Um, we appreciate having you on here. Tell, uh, tell the folks out there a little bit about yourself and, and your podcast, The Back Row Steeler Show.
0: Hey, how's it going, everybody? I'm Rob. Uh, I got my buddy Joe here with me, a uh, big Steelers fan. So, yeah, like he said, uh, we I run the uh, Back Row Steelers show, and we're about four episodes deep in that right now. Super excited to be a part of the Back Row little family of podcast thing we got going on. It's a pretty unique setup. Uh, we're working on getting all 32 teams. Pretty excited about that. We all just kind of support each other and bounce off each other. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, Generally, we talk everything Steelers on that podcast. And uh, if you're interested in following us, we're on Twitter, like uh, at Backrow Steelers. Go ahead and hit us up. If you got any questions or whatever, feel free to ask, and then I'll answer them on our show.
2: That's great. I've listened to the show quite a bit, even though I'm a Ravens fan. Uh, forgive me for that, but I've listened to your show. It's fantastic. And that's the reason why we have you on today. Thank so let's, uh, let's get started here. Um, a lot of folks out there kind of curious of what to expect as far as fantasy production uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, is how is Big Ben going to do this year? How you know they are, are they going to be in a running back uh, committee with with Connor and and Benny Snell? You know, what what's your thoughts on these wide receivers and 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 so on? So uh, let's get started. What's what's your thoughts on on Ben Roethlisberger this year? You know, how much longer. Do you see him playing, and and is he going to be fantasy relevant? I mean, every year that he plays, he's a QB1. Do you see that uh, continuing on in the future?
0: Uh, I think as long as he's healthy. Uh, Joe took some notes down on this. I'm going to let him talk, and then I'll come back in and talk a little bit about
1: it too. Well, I mean, as far as Ben goes, I think – I mean, I remember reading an article about him. He said, like, it was going to be three years. He's given him three more years for sure. That was a, a year or so ago, but that was before his injury, of course. Um, and I think, you know, he's, he's looking good. He said he's ready to come back. Uh, and they, they feel that he's going to be better than ever. Um, I mean, he did the last uh, – 2018, he finished and led the league in passing yards and um, had 34 touchdown passes as well. So, I mean, I think he's going to be okay. It's just a matter of how his, his arm feels and whether he can throw. But I feel good about him, so –
0: Right, and uh, to follow on with that, I th- I, th- I think Ben's going to wind up playing longer than he says he is. As long as his arm holds up after the surgery, and it, it, it everything's dependent on that. And now everybody can speculate like, oh, with the surgery, what's the time of recovery? And he's saying that he's healthy and he's ready to go and ready to play football. I don't think it's very advantageous for Pittsburgh to push the issue. Um, maybe let him take a little bit of a breather during preseason and stuff, get out there, maybe play the, the typical, I'm going to play the first series, throw the ball a couple times, a lot of handoffs, get him back in the groove of playing football because he has been out of it for a while. But I honestly think uh, QB1 in fantasy, that's very doable given our receiver core and our pass-catching abilities at running back, and especially with the new tight ends.
2: Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, uh, you know, in two thousand eighteen, when he when he was healthy, I mean, he threw over five thousand yards, and he was most certainly um, a top end uh, fantasy quarterback. So as long as his arm is is feeling feeling good and holds up. I don't see there being any reason why he's not a uh, a stud again this year, and 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 the great thing about it is I th- I think in these snake drafts and whatnot you're going to be able to get him at a pretty good discount, especially if even if you're in a uh, you in an auction draft you're going to be able to get this guy um, at a hell of a discount, and I think it's going to really pay off. Um, I hate yeah, to say I hate to say it because. Uh, you know, I I don't want. I, sometimes I want to root against him, but uh, I mean, listen, a guy solid as a rock, and he he puts up numbers every single season.
0: Yeah, I think that like with the auction drafts, like you said, getting him a little cheaper, everybody's gonna be scared of him. So we we can talk dynasty or redraft. I think he's safe, a little more safe in redraft uh, in dynasty. We'll try to get him a little later in redraft if you're going for win now. Uh, which obviously it's redraft and that's what you're doing, right? So it's a solid choice. he's a solid choice. Absolutely. And uh, I think he he's going to be up there in the QB one talk.
2: Well, he's got certainly got a lot of weapons as far as wide receiver um, goes, but we'll get into that here in just a, in a minute or two. I wanted to kind of, get your opinion on the running back situation. Uh, James Conner puts up points when he's on the field, but that's when he's on the field. And there's some rumblings out there saying that Benny Snell is going to get a lot more touches this year. Um, What's your thoughts on the whole running back situation
0: there in Pittsburgh? Well, here's the deal. There's a ton of James Conner hate. And everyone hates on him because he seems to be hurt a lot now he's coming off of a a pretty bad injury he's coming back in but the dude runs hard plays hard and that's kind of why he gets hurt he's kind of like welcoming to the the tackles and getting hit and he's just he just wants to power through people he he lacks a little bit of the finesse that you saw from say Le'Veon bell when we had him so james Conner, he's a really hard runner doesn't have quite the patience and finesse so because of that He's a, a little more prone to getting hurt. I wouldn't call him injury prone, but prone to getting hurt because of his style. Now, the Benny Snell thing, honestly, I feel like it's still going to be a split with him in the backfield and Jalen Samuels. They're both able to catch the ball, and we just drafted Anthony McFarlane.
1: Who, yeah. Like, so,
0: I, if if I'm being 100% honest and watching the film, I. Uh, he looks like alvin camaro light now if he gets coached up a little bit like he was in maryland which is like they play a lot of big 10 schools and he was very successful at maryland against tough defenses so anthony McFarland, even though we drafted him a little bit later i think fourth round uh let me see here yeah fourth round there's a chance that he's going to come in and even take snaps
2: away from jalen samuels and benny snell well, they did spend a fourth-round pick on him, and and he was definitely a productive player at Maryland. Uh, some some f- fantasy or, or NFL analyst out there seem to kind of see him as like a third down back, that he doesn't have the tools, uh, the strength and whatnot to be an every-down back, um, that he would more project as like a third-down back. So, so they say that, but
0: the kids – 208 pounds and he's five foot eight that's a low center of gravity and he's able to push some people a lot of the highlights just show him catching the ball or running out to the, the wide sides and trying to get down the field that way and the highlights don't really show him forcing his way through four yards and he does it with quite a bit of authority he's got really strong lower leg strength um, ran a four 440 like, and he looks faster than I don't film. You just watch him run away from people.
2: Hey, listen, he so. looks great. I mean, the guy looks great. I watched a lot of Maryland games. He's a heck of a ball player, and uh, mm-hmm. I wish him the best of luck. I hope he does well in, in Pittsburgh. Um, And I think he can be – I think he does have the tools to be uh, kind of a, a sneaky little fantasy pick, Uh, more so in a dynasty league. I don't know how much he's going to produce – uh, year number one but somebody that if you have the ability to stash a few players he's certainly a guy that I would stash and I wouldn't get frustrated with him I would I'd hold on to him uh, because I think it may pay off next year you know do you yeah. do you t- You know what do you think about Connor this year do you think uh, you know they keep going with you know keep riding that hot hand or do you think Benny Snell's really going to dip in or or Jalen Samuels?
0: Yeah, I think Connor's kind of the, the hot hand here, and he's the go-to guy. I, I don't think Pittsburgh has any intention of taking too much away from him. Um, Joe, you want to talk about some stats quick? Like you were looking at it here.
1: It looks like, uh, I mean, Connor had, for one, pretty much uh, 251 yards last year. Thirty four. That's in receiving, though. Receiving yards, correct. Uh, running yards was 464 yards um, and that was 116 attempts so he's getting average 20 or listen in
2: PPR leagues carry. Yeah. In, yeah in PPR leagues last year I mean Connor averaged uh, about 14 and a half fantasy points per game right. um, so you know that's definitely uh kind of back end rb1 numbers high- end rb2 numbers so do you, you do you see him kind of keeping that up?
0: Uh, I, I kind of do, and I think you're going to see Jalen Samuels out there more than you're going to see Benny Snell or even Anthony McFarland probably this year. I'd say PPR-wise, Jalen Samuels might be the guy to get. He had 57 targets last year. Yeah, he got a lot of uh, got a lot of action. No, yeah, that it's, it's kind of like quietly, you know, 57 targets. He only had 66 carries, and some of that was because Benny Snell came in because he's a little bit better runner than he is a pass catcher. So if anything's gonna happen, James Conner's gonna walk next year, and you're gonna see a full committee in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you could definitely. But this year, see that. I would I'd be comfortable with Jalen Samuels as maybe a middle of the road RB two.
2: Oh wow, wow. Well, if I was a Conner owner, I think I would certainly do what it took um, to have Jalen Samuels on my team, uh, just to be safe, you know, to kind of have, have that handcuff, uh, just in case. So, what's your thoughts on the wide receiver core there? Um, there's been a lot. Yeah, listen. Juju was a huge bust last year when when everyone had him uh, ranked in the top five and and expected so much and I was one of them I had a lot of shares of Juju last year but you know obviously it has a lot to do with uh, with Roethlisberger's injury but now they're talking about not picking up his option letting him walk after this year I mean what's your what's your thoughts on that is it, it, you know if if he doesn't, you know, step up this year, is there someone else in that wide receiver core that you see kind of uh, taking a huge leap forward and being a fantasy stud? Because there's always a just a fantasy rock star in that wide receiver core in Pittsburgh. Is is it Juju this year? If not, who do you think it could be?
1: I mean, I think it, Juju had a rough year last year, obviously, and that's I think, like you said, mostly due to Big Ben being down and just not having the throwing capacity that they've had with Ben. But um, his hands are still there. He's, he seems to keep moving the ball after catch. And, um, I mean, I don't know why I, I, he wouldn't do any better this year with Ben back. They seem to have a good connection in the years past. So I think Juju is still a viable player.
2: You know, I tend to agree. I mean, I think that um, I think Juju may have a little chip on his shoulder. To be, you know, honest, um, and I think that Ben's going to kind of, uh, I think he's going to force the ball to him. I think Ben's going to want to get him the ball uh, to kind of, yeah, kind of shut people up and uh, show what they have in him, and and maybe they can work out something long term. So, you know, if, if if we think you know Juju's going to to come back. I mean, what other wide receivers, uh, do you like in that
0: offense? So so I kind of have an interesting take on this whole thing, uh, with the wide receivers, like, uh, aside from, you know, Joe's over here talking about Juju and being back and being same old, same old Juju. And while I don't disagree with that, and he's going to command more targets than the rest of the wide receiving core, I don't think he's a wide receiver one this year. Okay. And I say that even with Ben back, because of the amount of weapons that Pittsburgh has, and Claypool looks with, with Chase Claypool coming in, he looks pretty. Good. <laughs> cut like uh, come on, this guy's six foot four, right? Uh, let's see, here. six foot four, two hundred thirty eight pounds, ran a four four two forty. No one's done that since Calvin Johnston. Yeah,
2: he, he he's a physical freak. That's uh you know, there's no doubt about that. And a lot of people are taking them and you know, in their rookie draft. So some, some folks have some high expectations for him down the road. I mean, do you see anyone else kind of stepping up? Deontay Johnson. Anyone Deontay else? Deontay
0: Johnson was forced to step up last year and I think he, he faced a very steep learning curve with Juju even being injured a little bit. Ben coming out, Deontay obviously he established rapport with all the quarterbacks because he was getting fed from everybody. Like he has the talent. So we have Deontay and then James we have Washington. Chase Claypool who's being compared by a lot of people that I've been reading about as Martavis Bryant, like very similar playing style. But I honestly think that Claypool tracks the ball better than Martavis. And that's saying something like watching the tape. The guy just knows where he's supposed to be, knows how to get the ball. Um, and then, I think target wise, you're looking at all three receivers needing a, a, a significant target share, and yeah. and defense is going to struggle to cover all of them. And then you have the the pass catching running backs being Jalen Samuels and now Anthony McFarland coming in, so they're going to need targets. And James and Washington, he's... James Washington's still there. And James Washington, and a lot of people are forgetting even this: like Pittsburgh has Dion Kane, and while he didn't pan out in Indianapolis like he is talking a big game so we'll see how training camp and preseason goes for him but we got Deion Kane too He's a previous high draft pick
2: so what you're saying is that you would you know what would you draft Juju as would you uh would you draft him as a, a wide receiver Ooh, too <laughs> or uh are you maybe looking at him more of as like a flex play in, you know in PPR leagues
0: if I'm drafting him I guess we'll talk snake draft uh there's been a lot of grumblings about him going late second through the third
2: well that's certainly a wide receiver two position to to draft i mean would you feel comfortable with juju smith schuster as your wide receiver two in a ppr league
0: this year with a proven ben being healthy yes all right. Well, there you go. I would take that. Well, and you... like we can kind of segue into our tight end situation here.
2: Yeah, go right ahead because I'm really curious to get your thoughts on Eric Ebron this year. Um, you know, is, is you know, what's your fantasy expectations for him? Is he going to be a tight end one, or is you know, Vance McDonald still going to have a, a say in that?
0: No, I I think they're just end zone monsters. That's what it's going to wind up being. If our receivers are going to get points, it's going to be between the 20s, and then you're going to see red zone going to the tight ends. I, I have a really strong feeling you're going to see two tight end sets coming whenever we get in the red zone, and you're going to see Vance and Ebron out there. and like, how do you cover them? They're just going to be giants down the middle and be able to get anything that's just thrown up in the air by Ben. They both have good hands. Vance McDonald has the nastiest stiff arm in the NFL. Uh, so... <laughs>
2: Yeah, he is a monster out there when you know. You, when you he's def- healthy, yeah, when you definitely healthy. don't want to have to tackle that guy. I've uh, I've seen right. that too many times. But yeah,
0: Erron seems to have fixed his uh, brick hands issue that he had forever ago when he was in Detroit, and he was an Enzo monster in Indianapolis, and I think that's the whole reason Pittsburgh picked him up.
2: Well, I hope so because. Um, You know, I don't know where he's going to go in a couple of months in drafts. I don't know if his stock's going to rise or if it's going to kind of, you know, chill out a little bit. But I certainly wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be opposed to having his as my you know as my starting tight end in a fantasy league. So uh, we'll see if he gets any more hype, and if not, uh, then you might be able to get a good deal on him. It might pay off quite a bit for you. uh, I I agree,
0: but I I think that we need to temper our expectations here. And it's the same conversation I've had about the wide receivers. We're only going to have so many targets available. And you're looking at, like, at best, they're probably going to be tight end twos. And it's just because of the, the targets that the rest of the team is going to command.
2: Yep. Yep. That's, that's a good point. So let me get your thoughts. You know, we, we, There's not really many podcasts that are going to talk about defenses very much, so we won't take too much time here. But I thought um, bringing up Pittsburgh's defense would certainly be something to talk about because they are an elite fantasy defense because they create uh, a lot of sacks and that creates a lot of turnovers. And with Minka Fitzpatrick there, TJ Watt being a legitimate, just bona fide stud, you know, what do you expect from their defense and, uh, you know, would you take them a little early in a in a fantasy draft?
0: Yeah, hey, if we're talking like a defense, special teams type fantasy setup for for sure, I'm taking Pittsburgh uh, as one of the top three defenses this year. Like you said, you brought up Minka Fitzpatrick. Devin Bush was drafted last year. That guy's an animal. He's ready to. He's going to take a full on role this year, and they're just going to be rock and roll. TJ Watt's going to be in there just bullying quarterbacks all over the place and Vince Williams and uh, Devin Bush were there was an article about them talking about like look if we got to take all the all the reps at linebacker that's what we're going to do because let's face it T.J. Watt really plays like a end sort of role he's listed as a linebacker but he doesn't really play that
2: yeah I play in a few IDP leagues and gosh almighty if he was a uh if he was a defensive end oh my gosh he would be uh he would be something else, but listen in an IDP league, he's a he's an elite linebacker. So, oh uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, he's certainly someone to have. Um, so yeah, I would agree that defense is top notch and um, a top three defense in my opinion, um, certainly worth taking. Um, maybe a little earlier uh, in, a, in a snake draft than, than some folks would. And I would probably drop a couple of extra dollars on them in an auction draft because I think it's going to pay off uh, big time. Um, so, you know, wrapping things up with the Steelers real quick, I wanted to get your thoughts on their draft. Um, are there any draft picks that really stood out to you um, that you think is going to really contribute and could even help out um fantasy wise you know we kind of talked about claypool a little bit is there anyone else that kind of sticks out to you
1: yeah i
0: think uh joe wanted to talk a little (laughs) bit here about his boy from nebraska joe's a nebraska Nebraska fan he's on carlos davis (laughs) there you go go ahead bud
1: a little excited about him i mean um it's always exciting when one of my nebraska guys get drafted but uh he's he's been pretty solid the last year for nebraska and um he had uh, – what was his – hang on, sorry, I'm pulling up his stats. He had only four sacks last year, but, um,
0: I mean, he's – You're playing against Big Ten. Right. Like Big Ten offensive lines and stuff. Like, this
1: guys he's a stud. And I, I honestly think – He's pretty fast. He's pretty strong. He can push people out of the way, and he just bullies through everybody. It's It's – it's pretty. Uh, he's a fun guy to watch, and I think he'll be interesting to see how he fits in with the Steelers defense. Yeah, I think uh, he's a good
0: fit, and I, I think he was a steal in round seven.
1: Oh, absolutely! Like, honestly,
0: like he's just he's just falling and falling and falling. Uh, the guy's six foot two, three hundred thirteen pounds, ran a four eight two forty. That's a big cool. man moving, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, twenty seven reps on the bench. Like he's he's a little bit strong. Like uh, guy's got some muscle, um, but. For for me from the draft, I think uh we drafted Alex Highsmith in round three. Mm-hmm. He's a linebacker out of Charlotte. Yeah, that um, edge since, rusher. Yeah. Oh my goodness, man. This guy's just all motor. Like, uh he ran he's six three and two hundred forty eight pounds, ran a four seven forty. Like you got an edge rusher that runs a four seven. Like there's no quarterback getting away from him. Like he's he's just a monster. He just wants to go hit people. It's, it was it was fun watching like film on him and stuff because I did some a- analytic type things when I was doing the the backer Steelers show on him and I was just just stunned at, at how well he performs and he's just I don't know that anybody was paying attention to him.
2: Well, I certainly liked the Anthony McFarland pick, but there was another guy they took out of Maryland in the sixth round, uh, Brooks, um, mm-hmm. the safety. I think that that was a heck of a pickup for them. Um, I did watch some Maryland games this year, and uh, that guy's a hell of a ball player. And I think that could end up being maybe the steal um, of the draft for you guys. So um, I certainly liked what the Steelers did in the draft um, with those pickups. And Carlos Davis is is kind of a beast. So we'll see how that uh, how that works out as far as the uh, the Steelers go. There. Anything else you'd like to say about your Steelers? Oh before we move on
0: uh hopefully we can do better than eight and eight with a healthy with a healthy (laughs) team and uh we'll see you in the playoffs ravens yes
2: yes yes we will we'll see each other on that wrong
0: i said that wrong we'll beat you in the playoffs ravens
2: yeah hopefully hopefully not we'll see what uh we'll see what happens on (laughs) thanksgiving is going to be a heck of a, a heck of a day for me watching that ball game So I appreciate you guys, uh, getting your input on everything as I hear you cracking a beer there in the background. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So we're going to move on to the Cleveland Browns now. Um, Matt, uh, from the back row Brown show is going to talk a little bit about them and it's kind of the same layout, you know, the same kind of questions we had as far as the Steelers go. And we're going to start off with Baker Mayfield here and get our opinion on Baker, uh, Last year, listen, everybody. I mean, last year he was what Kyler Murray is this year. Everyone's crowning him to be just a a league winner. He's he's the can't miss quarterback right now, and and he kind of kind of crapped the bed last year as far as uh, fantasy production. Uh, Matt, do you see do you see Baker kind of taking a step forward and becoming possibly a QB one in fantasy leagues, or what what do you expect from him this year?
3: uh first off thank you for having me on bob i really appreciate it uh and i appreciate you being kind to baker saying that he had a down year it was a horrible year uh, i think we can all be honest about that uh but i do see him taking a step forward and uh going back to being a qb one like he was his rookie year uh, i think we all kind of got infatuated as browns fans and in the media in what we saw from them at the end of his rookie year with freddie kitchens they came in uh, and they were averaging, I believe it was 4.2 yards a play, which was right behind the uh, greatest show on turf Rams. So their offense was high flying that that had uh, his rookie year. And uh, Freddie came in, clearly was a little bit in over his head, and I think that really kind of affected Baker. They tried to do a little bit too much, tried to be too cute, and I think we all know when you're playing in a uh, – in a division like the AFC North, you cannot get cute with the way that Baltimore and Pittsburgh play defense. They are not the kind of guys that are going to fall for the uh, the plays and the uh, trick plays that Frey Kitchens kept trying to do. So I do think that Baker's going to take a big step forward this year. Having Kevin Stefanski there, who loves to run those two tight end sets, 12 personnel, a lot of play actions, a lot of boot. which if you watched uh, or Naked's getting outside, if you watched Oklahoma play, that is exactly what not just Baker Mayfield, but the guy you just talked about, Kyler Murray thrived in, in that offense with Oklahoma. And so I think bringing in Stefanski and bringing that kind of offense over that we saw Kirk cousins, who I would say is at best, a mediocre quarterback uh, thrive in with Minnesota last year is going to be a great thing for Baker. And I think that's going to jump him back up to being a top 12 quarterback in fantasy this year.
1: Wow.
2: It's good stuff there. Yeah. I'm kind of curious of what we can expect from him. And that was great analysis there. Um, I think that you may be able to get him at a discount. And, and with with Odell Beckham, uh, you know, seeming like he's going to be uh, a lot healthier this year, I, I can't see that hurting uh, Baker's production because obviously, uh, you know, Odell wasn't at 100% and, and neither was Jarvis Landry. Um, so with those guys coming back, uh, we'll get into that here in a couple of minutes. Um, but yeah, you'd certainly see uh, Baker uh, kind of, you know, taking a step back into the QB1 realm, huh?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I I think he's easily got a shot to get up there. I had uh, some stats pulled up here. So just looking at last year's, he finished at 19 uh, with about 325 points, give or take. Everybody's scoring systems are obviously a little bit different. Uh, Tom Brady, who finished 12th, was about 60 points higher than him. And guys that are a little bit higher than him, I think he could easily get past Derek Carr, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Phillip Rivers, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Kirk Cousins. So if you were to jump all those who would put him at 13, uh, Tom Brady finished, obviously, 12th last year. We'll see what happens with him going to Tampa Bay. But again, I think if you were to just kind of compare that offense coming over from Minnesota to Cleveland, which I think we at least miss probably a biased opinion. I think they have a better set of offense here coming to Cleveland with what Kevin Stefanski's bringing. Uh, I would say Odell and Jarvis are comparable, if not a tad bit better than Thieland and uh, Diggs. I think the combination of Chubb and Hunt is better than Dalvin Cook, and then that offensive line is much better than what Minnesota had going there. Uh, so I think moving that offense now into Cleveland, he's got better weapons. Kirk Cousins finished his QB 13 last year. I think Baker's got a better skill set. If they really play to him and to his strengths, like they keep talking about doing, I think that just means great things for him, and we could see him as a top twelve quarterback.
2: Nice, nice. So you kind of mentioned Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt there. That this is something I'm having a hard time with is 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 Nick Chubb is he a quarterback? I mean, a quarterback is he a running back one right now with Kareem Hunt back in the fold?
3: I do think so. So I know a lot of people got kind of freaked out about that, myself included last year with the with the Kareem Hunt signing. But if you go back and look at what Kareem Hunt did last year, the most carries he got in a game in the second half when he started was nine. And Nick Chubb was still getting his usual workload. Nick Chubb did not – I mean, obviously you don't want to see a workhorse like him lose uh, you know, nine carries to, to a guy like Kareem Hunt. But the lowest he had even in that game, I believe it was 16. So he was still getting that. You're going to lose some work in the PPR aspect, obviously, with Kareem Hunt. Uh, But Nick Chubb has not ever been a PPR back. He's not a guy who's going to catch a lot of passes out of the backfield. Uh, He is a great pure runner. And as we've seen, uh, I mean, you can attest to this because it was probably one of the best games that offense put together when they played Baltimore. I believe it was in week three or four last year. When Chubb gets going and he gets past that line of scrimmage, he is hard to bring down, and he's got a lot more speed than people give him credit for. Uh, I think he's still going to be a top. I would put him right up there close to the top five at worst, eight running back next year in fantasy. I think Kareem Hunt obviously will continue to eat into his PPR work, uh, but I don't think that will affect him running-wise and touchdowns. I still think they're going to lean on him. Uh, Kevin Stefanski does like to run a lot of two uh, running back sets. They did it, I believe, 38.8% but we still saw what Cook did uh, compared to what Madison did in fantasy. Madison really wasn't relevant outside of the games that Cook set out. So I still think Chubb is the guy. Uh, Hunt will eat in his value a little bit, but uh, Chubb is still a top 12 running back for me in fantasy.
2: Yeah, I was kind of curious about Chubb and Kareem Hunt this year because you know, when Hunt came back in into the in to play in week 10, you know, he was averaging about 13 points a game. In PPR leagues and and Chubb was only averaging about 14 points, um, so I was wondering if if you know we really could see him as being a an RB one this year or maybe it's one of those things to hold on to him uh, next year. If if Kareem Hunt's not there next year, then really um, Nick Chubb. If maybe if you can pick him up in a trade this year um, kind of expect a little bit lower production from him than, than most do, but I really think it could pay off, uh, next year big time. I think he could be an elite, um, RB one, you know, kind of in the top, uh, maybe top eight, top seven types of running backs there. So, uh, let me get your opinion on that wide receiver situation there in Cleveland. I mean, Odell Beckham's coming off of, uh, I don't know if I want to call it injuries, but he's had some core issues and he's had surgery and he's coming back from that. You know, Jarvis Landry with his hip um, apparently didn't—he opted not to get any kind of surgery on that. So, uh, talking about Odell first, I mean, do what do you expect uh, for him this coming season? Is he still an elite wide receiver? Um, Is he going to be a wide receiver one again? Uh, What's your thoughts on Odell? Okay,
3: uh, so for Odell, I, I am a little bit worried about him. Obviously, he came out earlier, I think it was a, a week or two ago, and uh, said that he feels fine. He's coming in. He feels healthy. healthiest as he's ever been. He's, he's ready for a huge season this year, and I do think he's going to have that as, as being the one there with Baker. My biggest fear with them, and I think he needs to show it this year, is that they need to grow that connection and that chemistry. Why Jarvis has succeeded those two years in Cleveland, is they've had the connection, they've had the chemistry, they've worked together now for two off-seasons. Jarvis showed up to all the workouts, which Odell did not last year. And I think that's kind of why he leans so heavily on Jarvis. And the one thing Baker does as well, Baker does not force the ball to anybody. He's going to go to the guy that's wide open. And so I don't know if that's going to be Odell on every play. Uh, You know, Going back to the Vikings offense where Kevin Stefanski ran the past two years, We saw guys like Diggs and Thielen complaining about not throwing the ball enough and not getting theirs uh, in certain games, and I don't know if that will eat into this at all with Odell and Jarvis. Uh, They seemed to be kind of cool with it last year. Will that change this year is going to be the big question for me. I I think if I'm betting with with the new receivers that have come in, the guys that stepped up last year, I would say Odell probably for fantasy is – going to be more in the range of a high end wide receiver 2, maybe a low end wide receiver 1, uh, but I think it's going to you're going to have to have the touchdowns come back this year for him to finish in that wide receiver 1 category because I do think that the Browns will lean heavier on the run than they have the past the past two years and I do think that will affect his and Jarvis's value moving forward.
2: So do you have any kind of an idea of about how many, you know, catches you think you would project him to have this year? I mean, kind of shooting from the hip. I mean, what do you what do you what do you come to expect as far as that's concerned?
3: Hmm. So catches. That is a good question. I was trying to pull up his stats here really quick. Yeah. Because yeah. I know they both still ended up finishing with uh, with a thousand yards last year, which is kind of surprising considering how uh, you would how bad I guess you would say that their season was. So he had about seventy four catches last year, which is actually more than I expected. So I, if I had to guess with a better offense and I think that they'll be running and everything. I, I do think he'll probably approach 85 to 90 because I still think he'll, he's good enough. And I was, I saw the schedule obviously dropped yesterday when you're not playing the Steelers and Ravens, uh, you know, they've got a, there was another team they played a really good defense on. I can't remember, but they've got a, They've got some weaker opponents. Odell has proven that when he's healthy, he is one of the best wide receivers in the league, and he can get by people easily. We saw a lot of plays last year where he was wide open, and Baker just couldn't get the ball to him. Uh, So I still think he's going to go in that 80 to 90 range where he's been pretty much his entire career outside of of last year in 2018 where he was also hurt and missed uh, the last four games. Well,
2: heck, he had 74 catches last year, so – I mean, yeah. gosh if he does any better than that you know you could be looking at maybe somewhere around 90 catches and um you know in my opinion that would put him uh, right up there with the wide receiver ones again and um if you can get him at a discount in your league I would certainly jump all over that I know I traded him in a league uh not too long ago and I may end up shooting myself for that but uh you know, between you and me, man, I just I couldn't I couldn't let myself root for a Browns player, so I
3: apologize. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> um,
2: but, anyways, um, what do you think about that that situation with Jarvis Landry? Is there anything else you want to touch on that, as far as his, uh, you know, what do you expect him to come back healthy? Is he going to miss a little time
3: in the beginning? I mean, what's your thoughts there? Uh, so, from everything that I've read and heard from Jarvis is that he will be back. Now, obviously, it's kind of weird, right, we don't know what training camps or preseason are going to look like with everything going on in the world. Uh, but he has said that he is going to be back and healthy for training camps before all this stuff happens. So, I think Jarvis is going to be fine. He's a guy who's, who's always kind of played through injury anyways. Um, I still think he's probably a high-end to middle-tier wide receiver, too, for fantasy just because of his catches. I mean, again, last year he had 83 catches, and and the one thing I'll say for him is I think I could see that going up as well because you have a healthy Odell Beckham and you've got a guy like Rashard Higgins now who's finally back in the fold because we really struggled last year. With that third wide receiver, we had guys out there like Damian Ratley, and I don't even remember some of the other guys they were throwing out there as a third wide receiver. It just wasn't working for them. Uh, You could throw a cornerback of my talent on the – well, I shouldn't say that. But you've got – throw in the lower guys on the guys like Damian Ratley and kind of cover them and shift your coverages to Jarvis and Odell. When you have a guy like Odell and Donovan Peoples-Jones and Higgins, who they also drafted this year in uh, DPJ – throwing him on the other side of uh, Odell, and then you move Jarvis into his more natural position in the slot. Uh, I think that just makes him ten times more dangerous. He'll be able to kind of be that target hog right there in the middle of the field, not even mentioning the tight ends that we have on the team and Kareem Hunt coming out of the backfield. I think Jarvis is going to continue to be a target monster. I think he'll be fine and healthy coming into the season. Uh, And as I said, he's already got that chemistry with Baker. So even if the offseason program and preseason is limited due to everything going on with COVID-19, those two have that chemistry that I think he's still going to get those catches and end up being a high-end to, at worst, middle-tier wide receiver, too, for fantasy.
2: You know, I tend to agree there 100% because uh, it seems to me over the last two or three seasons um, that Jarvis just hasn't gotten the respect uh, in the fantasy world that he really deserves. He's sneaky, and he's sneaky good. And he puts up points when he's on the field, and I think uh, he's always underdrafted. So I think he's a great, great pickup as well this year. And you kind of spoke about the tight ends a second ago. What's your thoughts on that? I mean, listen, everyone... everyone's been waiting for David Njoku to be this stud and man uh, you're going to grow old and die before that's going to happen so (laughs) you know they've signed Austin Hooper and he was just a superstar last year in the fantasy world what's your thoughts on Hooper this year and man let me can you cut bait
3: on David Njoku now can we just drop this guy already so I don't think you can cut Joku yet. Uh, I, I admit that uh, he is definitely not panned out to what a lot of us had hoped when the Browns traded up for him in the first round a couple years, four years ago now, uh, and took him. He, he's a physical freak, and he struggled early on in his career with, with the drops. He just did not have very sure hands. was doing a lot better with that last year until, unfortunately, Baker kind of threw the ball way too high. He got that undercut, fell, broke his arm. and We, we never really, really saw him recover after that. Why well, I would say not to cut bait on Njoku is again, Kevin Stefanski. As I mentioned earlier, they love to run those two tight end sets. Uh, they ran it. Uh, what it was it here thirty eight point eight percent of the. No, I'm sorry, sixty one point six percent of the time with three wide receivers, two tight ends, and a running back in the backfield. He likes to have that tight end that can do everything and, and most importantly, block, especially in the run game. And I think that's Hooper. David Njoku could not block anybody. Uh, and then that's okay. They don't expect that of him, but that's what Hooper does. I would not be surprised if Njoku ends up becoming more of the offensive tight end than Austin Hooper, which I don't think a lot of people were thinking when they we saw Hooper sign that, you know, the most expensive tight end contract here this offseason and Joku's going to be that guy who can play on the the other side of the formation, kind of cut up and going in routes and be in the middle of the field for that big target, and if he can prove he can catch the ball, I still think he's going to have a lot of fantasy value. Uh, I don't think Cooper will be affected that much by it, but I don't see him being the tight end one like he was most of last season before he got hurt. I think he's going to drop back down into that 6-10 to range that he had been the past couple seasons Uh, just because they're not – I think he's going to be – At best, the third, fourth, or fifth option in the offense at times with that because it's going to be Odell, Landry, Hunt, and or Chubb. You've also got Njoku, Higgins on certain routes. So I don't think Hooper's going to always be the main target. And they do love to run the ball when they get down into the red zone. So I don't know if that's going to help Hooper with the touchdown where we kind of saw that really spike up last year with Atlanta. So I think Cooper takes a little bit of a hit. And the one other thing I will say on Njoku and to hold him is that there's still a lot of teams I think that are very interested in him we saw a lot of talk that Washington was trying to trade for him uh, with the Trent Williams talk before he went to San Francisco with them drafting a guy like Harrison Bryant who is also a phenomenal offensive tight end and also a very good run blocker if he starts to progress a little bit I wouldn't be surprised if they trade in Joku somewhere and if he goes to a place like for instance Washington that doesn't have themselves a solid tight end he could really produce for a a team that doesn't have a tight end and be a tight end one, as, as we know, all know in the fantasy game, tight end landscape outside of those top three, four guys is pretty bad. So if Njoku goes to a place that he could be a starter, uh, I think that he could be a stud still. So I wouldn't cut bait on him just because of what the Browns have done. I think I'll have a little bit of fantasy value this year. And especially if he gets traded, his value will skyrocket.
2: Nice, nice. Good stuff there. So, okay, well you've convinced me to hang on to him a little bit longer. <laughs> um, so, you know, let's talk about the draft real quick. I don't want to beat a dead horse because there's a million podcasts out there that are talking about uh, draft results and getting, giving you a you know 30-minute breakdown on each player that, that the team has taken or anything. But uh, let me get your, just your thoughts on the Browns draft and what really sticks out to you. And is, is there anybody in there um, that you think
3: could, uh, could be nice to have in fantasy down the road? Yeah, so I mean, I love their draft. Uh, I wasn't as high on Jedrick Wills when they drafted him in the first round. But the more I've read and watched uh, and Joe Thomas talk about him, I think that's going to be great for Nick Chubb. And so if you're a Nick Chubb owner or a Baker owner, really, because I think he solidifies that offensive line. Uh, I'll go the IDP right here, since we are kind of the uh, part of the back row network. And that's what they're famous for the great job they do with uh, the IDP stuff. Jacob Phillips, the guy they drafted in the third round out of LSU, is a great run stopper. It's something that the Browns have struggled. Uh, again, you guys know being the AFC North, it's a staple of good defense and good run games. The Baltimore Ravens you know, broke my heart in drafting J.K. Dobbins, uh, and so now I've got to watch him compete against us twice a year. Not an easy guy to stop. He's an absolute stud, but getting a guy like Jacob Phillips in the middle of that defense, uh, who's a great run stopper, is going to help, so I think you can rack up a lot of tackles uh, with a guy like that. Uh, Harrison Bryan, as I just mentioned, I think could be a future tight end stud for them because uh, I saw him you know, just blow up Ohio State a couple of years ago when they played Florida, Florida Atlantic. He's an offensive stud. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be really good. Uh, and then my sleeper would be Donovan Peoples-Jones. I mentioned him just a minute ago. A uh, really good kid, uh, played for the team up north, uh, had a really bad quarterback throwing him the ball. He's got all the measurables, all the skills, all the athleticism. There's a lot of talk in Cleveland that they may move on from Odell or Jarvis in a year or so because both of them will be making over $14 million and not a lot of teams you see paying wide receivers that much. One wide receiver, much less two. Jarvis, they can get out of his contract next year for I believe it's a little less than a $2 million cap hit uh, and Odell will be a free agent in a couple of years. They only re- signed Richard Higgins to one-year deal. So I think Donovan Peoples-Jones comes in this year. I don't think he'll do much being a rookie, and again, the short and offseason and everything, new offense, new team. I don't know if he'll make an impact this year, but Donovan Peoples-Jones is a guy that I could see easily being a a wide receiver too for fantasy purposes moving forward after this season in an explosive offense like the Browns project to have impossible losing uh, those guys as well, or losing one of either Odell or Jarvis in the future.
2: Man, that's great stuff. I appreciate your coverage there on the Browns. Uh, you've done a great job. Uh, I love your podcast uh, quite a bit. Um, I want everyone to give you a follow at Back Row uh, Browns, at Back Row Browns on Twitter. Um, great stuff from Matt, uh, as always. I look forward to having you uh, on the show again in the future. Um, so thank you very, very much for your stuff there. I mean, that, that, really shed some light on some questions, honestly, that I, I kind of had about the Browns. You know, I'm, I'm, I was curious about Odell. I was curious about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and and what in the world to expect from Baker this year. So that certainly helps out me. Um, and if that helps me out, then I'm, I imagine that's going to help out a lot of folks out there that are curious with those same questions. So, again, Matt, thank you. And everyone give him a follow uh, at Back Row Browns. Okay, so now we're going to move on to the Baltimore Ravens, a team that I'm very familiar with. And I've gotten a lot of questions on Twitter and online uh, as far as what kind of production we can expect out of Lamar Jackson this year. Is he going to maintain that production that he did last year? You know, is Mark Ingram going to be a running back one again this year? And what kind of spike in the production of Hollywood Brown can we expect this year. So I'm going to start off with with Lamar Jackson. Um, Last year he had uh, a historic season. He passed for 3,127 yards and 36 touchdowns and only six picks, but he rushed for 1,206 yards and seven rushing touchdowns. And that by far was the QB1 uh, numbers last year. So uh, a lot of folks are wondering what kind of numbers we can expect from him this year. Is he going to be the, the number one quarterback in fantasy production again this year? And I say yes, uh, personally. I think he throws for a little bit more yardage. I don't see him throwing 36 touchdowns. I've got him penciled in for 31 touchdowns and nine picks as opposed to his six interceptions last year. But the big, big debate out there is rushing yards. Uh, he rushed for like i said 1206 yards last year is he going to rush for over 1000 yards this year because that is what separates him from the pack by far so so rob i've got him in uh penciled in right now for about 1086 yards uh what's your opinion on his his rushing production this year do you think he takes a step back there um you know and how much is that going to hamper uh his production
0: i think he's going to take a a fairly larger step back than you're even predicting um i'd honestly be surprised if he rushes for more than 800 yards uh with jk dobbins there and stuff and we're going to talk about him in a little bit but jk dobbins is great and he just never had an opportunity he's always hit behind the line so hopefully he uh gets an opportunity to get out there and move around but Lamar's going to take a little bit more of a step back for the running. I think they're going to be more interested now that they see what he's got and preserving him and making sure he can continue to be a quarterback. Uh, If you're out there running around, you're more likely to get hurt, and I think Baltimore's going to try to save him a little bit from that.
2: Yeah, I watched a lot of ball games and and, and I cringed quite a few times when I saw him take off. And uh, I will say this. He did one hell of a job avoiding uh, those hits. He ran out of bounds a lot. He would slide – Um, But he did take a few hits last year, and, and, you know, you you never want to see that. Um, So uh, I'm kind of with everyone else when I kind of cringe when I see him take off at times. Um, So if you've got him, if you you see him running for right around 800 yards, um, as far as his other production, I mean, do you see him still being the quarterback one, uh, the first quarterback you should take off the board this year? I mean, what's your thoughts on that?
0: I think I would still take him as my QB one. I mean, him and Mahomes are right neck and neck with each other, but you're looking at Lamar Jackson. Uh, Yeah, I said he's going to regress in some rushing yards, but I think he's going to rush for more touchdowns. And that's just because, yeah, if if you're saying, hey, we're not going to run him as much, and you prove it in the game, they're going to expect him to pass more when it gets into the red zone. And I have a feeling you're going to see him rush for probably 10 or 11 touchdowns instead of seven this year.
2: Okay. Hey, hey, I'm on board with that. I'm sure uh, any any Lamar Jackson owner out there will uh will definitely appreciate this appreciate that. So, let me get your opinion on this. If you had a, a startup dynasty league or you're just in a dynasty league whatsoever, um what's your thoughts? Would who would be your number one quarterback in dynasty out there because I know a lot of folks are in between him and Mahomes right now. What's your thoughts on that?
0: I'd be happy with either. I, I feel like for overall production and everything, they're going to be about the same for a long time, as long as they can both stay healthy. So I, I'd i be good with either. And honestly, if it was my turn to draft and I had my choice of Lamar or Mahomes, I I'd be asking a whole lot of questions to a whole lot of people trying to figure out and make my mind up for me. That's, that's a difficult <laughs> spot to be in.
2: Well, that's kind of my thoughts. I, I, I want to say that, um, you know, Lamar's going to pass for less yards, obviously, than what Mahomes will. Um, but those rushing yards, uh, man, that's just uh, – that's the cherry on top when it comes to Lamar. And, and as far as fantasy production, I mean, it, like I said, you you can't go wrong with either one. Um, but there is so much debate out there, uh, you know, in the fantasy world of which quarterback you should take first. Me, maybe – just call me a homer. Um, I probably would would lean a little bit more Lamar just because of the rushing yards. And just like what you said a moment ago, the rushing touchdowns. And, you know, there's still some leagues out there that, that score passing touchdowns as four points and rushing touchdowns obviously are six. And that's a huge, huge advantage um, if you're in that type of league. But if you're in a league that just a six point touchdowns all across the board. I still have him up there because of those rushing rushing totals. Tommy, do you have any opinions as far as who you would take? Um, you know, in a dynasty league, when it comes to Mahomes, or um, I know we've talked about it in the past. I mean, what's your thoughts on uh, on that?
4: Me personally, I would probably take Patrick Mahomes. Um, just the style of the play Lamar Jackson has lends himself to injury. Um, with that, I, I I would take Mahomes and Jackson finished number one last year but keep in mind Mahomes also missed a couple games with that with that knee injury he had um that's yeah, true um I, I would still take Patrick Mahomes I, I love Lamar Jackson I think he's probably he's most definitely number two uh, on my list but I would take Mahomes first
2: see there you go and and the the debate continues <laughs> so uh moving on let's talk a little bit about Mark Ingram uh last year he he put up some great, great numbers. Uh, he rushed for ten touchdowns, over a thousand yards. He caught twenty-six passes for two hundred forty-seven yards and five uh, uh, receiving touchdowns. Uh, I don't see that uh, happening again this year. I mean, he was a he was the RB nine last year in PPR leagues, and um, I don't see that being the case this year. I see him being more of a probably a low-end RB2 instead of a low-end RB1. Um, I don't have him rushing for 1,000 yards this year, and I might be a little bit generous when I have him kind of slated in for about 914 yards, but I still have him rushing for 10 touchdowns, which will hold uh, some value there. Uh, I don't know what kind of catching uh, receptions he's going to have. I, I think that probably drops a little bit with the emergence of Justice Hill. I believe he takes over that third down role, uh, and, and he'll get a spike in production as far as his receptions. Uh, Rob, what's your opinions on Mark Ingram this year? I mean, what what do you think there?
0: I think we're going to see a larger regression than even you're predicting. Uh and I know I keep shooting down all the Ravens, and a lot of it has to do with uh, the defenses they're going to be playing, and people being onto their style of play now. So last year it worked out very, worked out very, very well for them. So uh, this year I think people are going to be just a little more onto it. And with Ingram, I think you're looking at maybe six or seven hundred yards. And oh, wow. the touchdowns, touchdowns are probably going to regress because J.K. Dobbins has proven that he can break tackles. Not that Ingram hasn't, but Ingram's getting a little older, and I think they're going to want to see what they have in Dobbins.
2: I tend to agree there because that's what a lot of folks are wondering is what to expect from J.K. Dobbins this year. I, I fully expect the Ravens to cut ties with Mark Ingram after this year. They can save $5 million against the cap next year. And, uh, in I think the Gus NFL... Edwards
0: walks too. Yeah. Yeah. Gus is
2: a, uh, he's a restricted free agent. He he's back with the team this last year, but I could see him being gone next year as well. Uh, really just clearing the path for JK Dobbins to really take over that, you know, third, I mean, a three down back. I really believe that that can be the, uh, the production we get out of JK. Uh, what's your opinion? I mean, what, what do you think about JK Dobbins with that? I know, uh, some folks wanted to see him in Pittsburgh, and uh, that's unfortunate that uh, the Ravens got him. But what's your opinion on on Dobbins?
0: Uh, I, I think he's a great runner. Um, definitely going to be able to stay, step up and take a three-down back sort of role. However, you're still going to have Justice Hill there. I, I'm not a big fan of uh, forcing running backs in there for all three downs if you don't need to. For fantasy purposes, obviously I want the three-down back, period. I want the guy that can do everything, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, especially like this season, you're going to see it progress probably more toward a uh, JK Dobbins and justice Hill show where Dobbins is your uh, first, second down back. And then justice Hill's coming in to pick up the remaining. If you need it on third down.
2: Yeah, I completely agree there. Um, Tommy, I mean, what's your thoughts on the Mark Ingram, uh, JK Dobbins topic? you got any opinions on that?
4: Um, I think Ingram's dynasty value is very close to zero right now. I mean, he's a 30-year-old running back. They just drafted J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins is obviously going to be the guy moving forward after this upcoming season. Um, I would look at Ingram as more of a, like you said, a, a low-end RB2 to even a mid-range flex option this this upcoming season. Uh, you may be looking at, you know, 700, 750 yards rushing, Six or seven, eight touchdowns. He he may even be one of those guys who can who can squeeze up up to ten touchdowns because of goal line carries. Um, I just don't see him getting those types of those types <clears throat> of touches anymore.
2: Um, Let me ask you guys both this, and I'll start with you, Rob. Should should you be looking to shop Mark Ingram and, and hope to sell that to another team of of the numbers he put up or or the potential numbers he could put up in this offense again this year? or do you think that his value' taken a huge hit now with the uh, with the drafting of JK. Dobbins?
0: I haven't tried yet. Um, I think it'd be interesting to try to sell him right now. Uh, I kind of like the the idea of maybe I can get a third for him, maybe a fourth. And before it wasn't that. Now, if you'd have done it before the draft happened, mm-hmm. and before they got J.K. Dobbins, you probably could have got a higher draft pick <clears throat> or maybe somebody who is like a third down back on a team somewhere and been able to hopefully not have him retire on your roster. But it, it might be to the point now where that's what's going to happen.
2: I got you. What do you think there, Tommy? What's your thoughts? I mean, would you uh would you be trying to shop him or would you just want to – kind of hold tight and because of maybe his values taking a hit
4: I would definitely try to shop him um I would see what type of value you'd be able to get out of him matter of fact if you have him and you and you don't have Dobbins I would either I would either be trying to get Dobbins or trade away Ingram there's there's no value in in Ingram outside of having Dobbins in my opinion
0: all right well there you that, go that, that's kind of a good point. You may be able to sell them for more if you get, sell them to the Dobbins owner.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's kind of
2: like a, a reverse handcuff there. <laughs> right. You know, in, in a way. So, yeah, that's a that's a good point. I, I tend to think that as well. If you're in a win-now mode and you could use that, that depth on your fantasy team, I'd say hold on to Ingram because of the touchdown potential there. But if you've got nothing uh, – nothing to gain. I would certainly, uh, try to move him now before he gets cut next year and he ends up maybe back in new Orleans or something like that. You know, just, I would try to get what you could out of him now, if that's the uh, situation you're in. So let's move on to the wide receivers here. This is something, uh, Rob, you and I have talked about, uh, quite a bit. Um, last year, Hollywood Brown, uh, kind of exploded on the scene to to start the year off he finished the year uh with 46 catches 584 yards and seven touchdowns um I have you know last year he was hurt and a Liz Frank injury uh he is he went on yesterday and 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 then last week and said he could barely walk at times last year uh yet he still played and he looks to be Uh, ready at 100% this year. I've watched a lot of videos on him uh, working out this offseason, and I'm extremely excited to see what kind of production we can expect out of him. In my early predictions, I have him uh, penciled in at 68 catches, 887 yards, and nine touchdowns. Uh, Let me get your thoughts on Hollywood
0: uh, before we move on to any other receivers. What's your thoughts on him? I think you're spot on with the production prediction there. Uh, Maybe even a little more yardage on that even the same amount of catches. Would you say 68? So uh, I had 68 catches and
2: 887 yards with nine TDs.
0: Right. I, th- I think you're going to see him over 1,000 yards with probably around the same amount of catches. <clears throat> and the reason for that is he just stretches the field. And if Lamar Jackson can – he already trusted him enough and he proved it during the season, he's just going to huck the ball down the field to him. And he's his yards per reception is just ridiculous. So – you're going to see him just opening up the coverage down the field and just being able to burn people and i think a lot of the leagues leaning toward that they're trying to find the burners to get out there and just stretch the field out
2: yeah i tend to agree and 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 me following the ravens as closely as i do uh he has an obvious chemistry with lamar jackson they're they're pretty tight friends uh you know, best buds uh, in a lot of opinions there. So I, I see that that chemistry could carry on to the field where I can see Lamar really wanting to uh, really wanting to see Hollywood succeed. And and I personally think I, I think he'd be a nice wide receiver too next year. And if you can, you know, pick him up in a dynasty league, I think that right now right now is the lowest his value is ever going to be so if it's someone that you have a little faith in uh i would i would possibly look at acquiring him because i think down the road it's going to cost a lot more to get him and you know uh tommy do you you agree with with these numbers and and maybe someone you should be kind of shopping for in a fantasy league
4: absolutely matter of fact i think he could have an even better season than that i would look at him maybe even go close to 1100 yards this this upcoming season i i think this guy is a pro Bowl caliber potential wide receiver i i think he's outstanding he's got he's got really good speed he runs really good routes like you said, Lamar Jackson and him have great chemistry. I think the sky's the limit for this guy. Yeah,
2: I see a lot of Tyreek Hill in him, and I know a lot of people had that comparison. Uh, that was the comp last year. Uh, you know, do you have any opinions as far as that's concerned? Uh, as far as uh, Rob, you know, would would this be a guy you'd look to target to maybe try and pick up in a fantasy league, maybe via trade or something?
0: Yeah, I think I'm gonna go and probably try to get him here in some leagues today. Honestly, like the, as we <laughs> converse about it. And think about it, um, I'm I'm kind of getting a little more on board with it. And that's been really, really difficult with the Baltimore passing game. There's never been a time where I'm like, I'm going to go get a Baltimore receiver for my fantasy team.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, that, that, that like, isn't said just, very often.
0: Right, like ever. So yeah. maybe like a tight end, and that's been pretty typical there. Uh, but I think I'm going to go out and try to get me some Hollywood Brown and see if I can do it on the cheap. So let me get your
2: opinion on this, because uh, the Ravens also, uh, in the third round, drafted Devin DuVernay, and in the sixth round, drafted James Prochet. Uh, DuVernay, to me, I see a lot of Steve Smith in him. He's a kind of a little stockier build, runs good, crisp routes. Uh, he's got incredible hands. I believe he could take over that starting role in the slot for the Ravens, uh, you know, next season if if the Ravens decide to move on from Willie Sneed. And I know you like Devin. Uh, let me get your opinions as far as, as he's concerned
0: and maybe where
2: you would look to maybe pick him up in a dynasty league.
0: So I kind of like Devin DuVernay, and I'd be interested to, to see how the dynamic is going to work in Baltimore. I just talked about, like, never has there been a time where I'm like, I want to go get a Baltimore receiver. And if the culture shift is happening there, that that's a thing. This is the guy to get. Because, like you said, I see Steve Smith in him, too. He's tough. He's not afraid to go out there and get hit. He's going to make the play for the ball. And I, I kind of like him. I wouldn't be surprised if Willie Sneed takes a backseat to him. Uh, when's your guy's bye week? I don't even remember. But usually around there is when a lot of the shifts happen. So I, I could see him taking over for the Willie Sneed. I, I've never been a big fan of Willie Sneed anyway, and I think he was kind of a waste of time.
2: Well, I think they needed someone that was a little bit more reliable compared to, like you said, I mean, Baltimore's never really had a huge success uh, with the wide receivers unless it was, you know, a, a, an established veteran, you know, a la Derek Mason or Anquan Bolden or even Steve Smith. But as far as anyone else, I've not really seen a whole lot of production out of these guys fantasy-wise, and I'm really excited about Devin and seeing what he can bring to the table. Uh, Tommy, I know you follow – Follow college quite a bit. What's your opinion on uh, DeVerne? What, what what do you see there?
4: He had a monster season last year at Texas. Um, I think he's, I think he's right up there um, as far as guys I would like to have. If if you are in a league that has a taxi squad or allows you to stash players, he would definitely be a guy I would look at grabbing. Especially this was such a monster wide receiver loaded class that. You have a ton of these guys out there, um, and I, I would say DeVernay is definitely one of those guys I'd be looking at.
2: Yeah, I think he fell in Baltimore's lap. Um, you know, there was a lot of wide receivers, and, and like like Tommy was saying, piggybacking off of that, I think he would have gone a little bit higher in the draft had there not been such a stacked class this year when it comes to wide receivers. Uh Rob, I know you're a big, big fan of Proche. Uh, <laughs> yeah, give me your opinions on him because um, I like what I've seen. I, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you; I don't know a whole lot about him. So you let me. You tell me what your what your thoughts are on Prochet.
0: I think that James Prochet is going to be uh, quite the stud there in Baltimore. I, I think he's a little better than Devin Duvernay. DuVernay has a little more of the the background pedigree type thing you want to see coming out of college, but James Prochet, this this guy is gonna make every contested catch ever. It, it, I don't know if have you watched any film on him or anything? I, I if, really I have. He's got incredible hands. So, um, oh my goodness. This guy After is just, looking at
2: yeah, looking at a lot of this, you know, a lot of his footage and 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 going back, golly, how did he how did he fall into the sixth round?
0: I, mean, I have no that... idea. I watched some of the tape on this guy, and he makes he makes crazy plays on the sidelines, and it was almost like he was auditioning his whole college career to be in the NFL. Like, he watched two feet down, two feet down, two feet down, and he makes sure of it, especially all the end zone catches. He's making sure he secures the ball. That guy, he he's going to be a security blanket for Lamar Jackson. So if Lamar's got to chuck one up there, he knows that's the guy to go to because he's going to go get it.
2: Yeah, and I'm trying my best not to be a homer here, but looking at the Ravens draft, they absolutely killed it uh, seeing a lot of those picks that they got later on in the draft, and I'm just I'm loving it, and Prochet is just another example of that. So um, you're thinking that Hollywood's the guy to own uh, wide receiver-wise in that Ravens offense. Is there anyone else that you would— Uh, You know, we talked about DuVernay. That'd be a a nice little stash, and according to you, maybe it'd be nice to stash uh, Prochet if you can, if you've got a deep, deep league.
0: I've been picking up Prochet, like just go get him. I I think I drafted him into the third in one of my leagues, and I know that's super early, but given the class, everyone's taking all the studs, and then you get to that point, you're kind of like, well, I'm just going to go get my guy anyway because I don't know if any of these rest of these players are going to pan out. So... I get to the end of the third. If I'm drafting there, I'm going to get him. I try to get James crochet in every league I'm in. And then I just stash him with my taxi.
2: Well, that's good stuff. Let's move on to the man, Mark Andrews. Last year, he was a stud. He caught 64 passes, 852 yards and 10 touchdowns. He was the tight end for, uh, to finish the year in PPR leagues. Um, this year, I've got him. Listen, they they traded Hayden Hurst to Atlanta, and I believe that's going to put Mark Andrews on the field even more. I believe he gets a spike uh, in his production, believe it or not. I don't know if he takes a, a step back this year. I don't, I don't see any negative regression. I've got him uh, in at 75 catches, um, 914 yards, and I've still got him in there for 10 touchdowns. Uh, he, he, right now, in a dynasty league, he's my tight end three, right behind uh, Kittle and... Kelsey let me get your opinions on Mark Andrews production and what you can maybe expect to see out of him this year
0: I think uh you're probably spot on I don't I don't know about the number three tight end I'd probably put him three or four Uh, honestly maybe four you gotta you gotta remember people like Evan Ingram are gonna be back this year in New York and he's gonna have Danny Dimes throwing the ball up there so we'll we'll see what happens I think that you're going to see a really, really close battle for that three-four spot between him and Evan Ingram. I yeah, think he, Evan he Ingram to, is productive, right? And Mark Andrews just needs to get on the field a little bit more. Uh, he had a lot of catches and stuff, but I think his snap percentage. Uh, if you give me a second here, I'll I'll look it up quick.
2: Well, he was a little banged up last year. He played. Um, he did play a little hurt, and they kept him out of a lot of those running plays. Um you know just get him off the field uh, keep him out of those blocking schemes just to you know not to cause any more injury to him but this year I really really see him having to step up and play more more downs uh to where he's going to have to block and and to be be honest with you it's going to throw those defenses off uh last year when he was in the game when he would come in you kind of knew it was going to be a passing play and this year if he's blocking it's it's going to throw off those those linebackers and and uh, open things up for him more. Maybe that's just me being a homer, but um, I, I see him being even more productive this year. And just like we were talking about Hollywood Brown, I don't know if Mark Andrews's value is ever going to be uh, get any lower. But if 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 this season he has a couple of bad games or something, and and you can go get him a little bit at a discount in in a dynasty league, jump all over that.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm that's with you my on personal that.
2: opinion there.
0: Um, so I got the snap percentage and this is kind of crazy. The game that he had the highest snap percentage was at Seattle and he was on the field for 58% of the plays. That's mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, 58%. So and most of, most of them, a majority of the season, he was on the field for less than 50% of the plays and still managed the production. He did. So if Baltimore gets him out there more and Hollywood's healthy stretching the field, and you have two new receivers coming in there. I think Baltimore's passing game is going to be wide open. And I, Lamar's I been working on accuracy. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. And uh, as a Steelers fan, I'm not really looking forward to playing them this year.
2: Yeah, yeah. Listen, I mean, Mark Andrews was kind of uh, that was Lamar's blanket last year. Uh, he looked to him uh, quite a bit. Uh, I don't see that uh, changing in any way whatsoever uh, this coming season and, and, and moving forward. Tommy, let me get your opinion on Mark Andrews. What's uh, what's your thoughts as far as what he did last year compared to what he may do this year? And, and, and what do you think as far as a dynasty, uh, you know, value on that? Is it someone that you would target to try and go get?
4: Absolutely. Mark Andrews has been a stud since he was in college at Oklahoma. Um, that guy was a monster there. He's a monster now too. He uh, – He's probably my tight end three going going into this next season. Like you said, behind Kelsey and Kittle, probably right ahead of somebody like Zach Ertz. Um, Ertz's value is uh, hurt because Goddard being there also, but uh, Mark Andrews is definitely a stud to have. Uh, I I would look at him to have close to this probably close to the, about the same season he had last year, maybe a little bit better. Um, he he may could he may could reach close to 900 yards.
2: That would be very, very productive. And 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 listen, if he if he put up those points, I, I couldn't see someone like an Evan Ingram uh, surpassing those yards. Uh, Ingram has been a little bit banged up, and 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 he's got all the talent in the world. But I just need to see him stay on the field. But Evan Ingram is kind of a sneaky little uh, tight end to maybe go pick up in a dynasty league. But um, I, I keep think forgetting Mark an- about
0: uh, I keep forgetting about Hunter Henry too.
2: Well. I don't know what to expect about uh, with Hunter Henry this year that with a new quarterback there. Um, I don't know. I, I think Hunter Henry's got all the talent in the world, but he's been a little injury prone and I don't, what what can we expect as far as a rookie quarterback and the time, you know, in the touchdown production with, with Hunter Henry. I mean, you would, you would possibly put him ahead of someone like Andrews or, or Ingram.
0: I think he's right there in the, same category with them you're going to see him used as a security blanket because you do have a young quarterback play or uh who's out there as a starter tyrod taylor
2: yeah but they drafted so,
0: herbert so yeah it's it's a couple games and herbert's gonna if they're not winning herbert's gonna play so anyway let's get back to the ravens <laughs> yeah
2: uh, buddy we could talk about uh, any team any time Um, So really, uh, other than that, that's what what we can expect as far as the offensive side of the ball uh, with Baltimore. Um, I do want to add something real quick. As as you and I kind of talked about a little earlier with the Steelers, uh, the Baltimore Ravens defense is elite. Uh, I've got them, San Francisco and Pittsburgh as my top three defenses. And Baltimore has added even more pass rushing this year with the acquisition of Calais Campbell and Derek Wolf. And, and they drafted Justin Matabuque. These guys are going to get after the quarterback even more, cause a lot more turnovers. You're going to see a little bit more in sack production and more interceptions. And, I wouldn't have any issue stepping outside your comfort zone and maybe taking the Ravens defense a little earlier than what you're what you are comfortable with, just like the Pittsburgh defense. Um, other than that, uh, I mean, do you do you agree with that as far as far as I'm concerned, Rob? Uh, uh, would you be happy to have the Ravens defense, and would you take them a little early?
0: Yeah, I think in the very few leagues that I still play a defense in, that's not like IDP, um, I'd be going after. The Baltimore defense, just as hard as I'd be going after the Steelers defense, I think you're going to look at uh, a lot of sacks, good bit, intercep- good bit of interceptions. Um, they're they're going to be quite the producers, and I, I just feel like the AFC North we're just kind of chock full of defense at this point. And except And, for and listen,
2: Baltimore has uh, the you know right out there right now is they're saying the Ravens have the easiest schedule. Uh, this year as far as uh, after the schedule release. Um, so, listen, that, that just means good things for Lamar. That means great things for Hollywood, Mark Andrews, and that defense. Um, I do want to say uh, say a couple of things about their draft. Uh, one of the things that they did get, like I just mentioned with Justin uh, Mat- uh, Matabukwe, I think that's going to add to that defense. We've already spoken about Devin DuVernay, but listen, man, that team, it's, speaking of that defense, has added Patrick Queen- and Malik Harrison at their inside linebacker position. My gosh, what a steal on both of those guys. That's just going to help that defense. It's going to help their running, uh, them stopping the run. And I believe that this team, uh, this defense, uh, is going to be even better this year than they were last year. Uh, so after that, I want to move on to the last team we're going to cover. We're going to cover the Cincinnati Bengals now. And I've got Tommy Harvey here, uh, who is a follower of the Bengals and has his opinions on that. So, Tommy, let me get your opinion on, on, on Burrow. Is he a quarterback one this year? Can he be a quarterback one down the road? Um, or do you see a little bit of false hope in him?
4: I don't think he... I don't think he's a quarterback won this year. Um, I think long term he could be a kind of a back end QB one type guy. You got to remember he's he's playing these defenses every week. Baltimore's defense is is always really good. Same with Pittsburgh. There's having to play them twice a year is really tough. And Cleveland's defense isn't isn't awful either. So going into this season, not only does he have does he have them, but he also has played the Colts, who have a solid defense, the Titans, the Chargers, the Cowboys. All those teams have solid defenses. I I don't see him being being a QB one this year. Um, I do see him having to throw the ball a lot with them probably being down quite a bit. But that could also equal more turnovers. especially with the, defense he, with the defenses that he's, he's going to be playing
2: against. Yeah, yeah, he's, got, he's a, little of a, a little bit of a cocky guy, so I don't see him being afraid to chuck the ball around. Um, so, you know, you might see some turnovers there, but you may see some nice uh, garbage time um, as far as I'm concerned with Burrow. Uh, Rob, let me get your thoughts on this. You and I have had this debate um, mm-hmm. a few times as far as if you are in your dynasty league. And you have your rookie draft coming up, and it's a super flex league. And you've got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out there, Jonathan Taylor out there, uh, Tua. Who is your number one pick? You've got the first pick in the draft. There's a lot of folks out there that say take Burrow. Some of them say take Taylor. And a lot of them say take uh, Edwards-Hilaire. Who are you taking it? Because I have the number one pick in one of my drafts, and I'm, I'm kind of debating this, but to me, it, it's it's a no-brainer. And I'm taking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I want to get your opinion as far as the Superflex
0: League. Who are you taking I think it's all going to depend on who I have currently at quarterback at Superflex. Now, if, if I'm sitting there and I have some aging quarterbacks, I'm probably going to just take Burrow. And it's because he is a starting quarterback. Cincinnati's already basically done that because they let Andy Dalton go so the Burr is our guy period and I, th- I think that holds a lot of weight and it's really going to hold a lot of weight in super flex leagues that you know that this guy is going to be the starter and there's a lot of hype around the weapons around him and he does have some good ones but when you're looking at Clyde Edwards Hilaire his landing spot with Andy Reid like that's really hard to pass up to so I understand why you want to do it Tua Tua, I think, is a better quarterback than Burrow. You just don't know if he's gonna still have a hip next year or you know, pick an injury or you break his foot like twice. And I don't know how that's gonna play out down there in Miami. So yeah, it, if you're if you're quarterback needy, you have some aging quarterbacks, definitely take Burrow. He is gonna for that that nice safety, uh startable guy that's gonna be sitting on your bench for when your uh, old quarterbacks retire i'd say go ahead and get him
2: <laughs> yeah so i mean which you, you and i have kind of talked about this and chuckled in the past about burrow and in comparing him to uh, say andy dalton andy dalton has had one fantasy relevant uh season and do do you think uh do you th- Tommy i'm going to ask you this do you see burrow being uh something changing there in cincinnati to make him uh the possible qb1 to even for the fact that i mean to make you even think of taking him over clyde edwards hilaire in a like a ppr type of super flex league
4: in a super flex league if you are in in need of a quarterback and if you're picking 1-1 most likely you probably are just because let's be honest if you're picking 1-1 that means you probably had a pretty poor season yeah, the that's previous true. season um not, 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 the case. You, you know, yeah. not, not, not in your case, obviously. <laughs> but, um, I would, I would still take Clyde, Clyde edwards hilaire just because running backs are so hard to come by. Quarterbacks, you're able to plug guys like Daniel Jones in there in in in, in the Superflex League and still be successful. Um, you can't go without good running backs. If you go without good running backs, you're you're gonna be, you're gonna be picking one one again next year. Um. I, I I would I would steer towards the running back.
2: Yeah, I, I I tend to to agree there. And instead of maybe spending your your first overall pick on Burrow, I would, you know, maybe go shop around your league and and see if you can get like a I don't know a Sam Darnold on the cheap or go pick up like a a Kirk Cousins or or something like that before maybe I had to make that decision uh, with that number one overall pick. I mean, would you agree with that, Rob?
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think if you're able to shop around and pick somebody up and you don't want to trust Burrow, I'd say go ahead and draft the running back and then see if you can get another starting quarterback in a different way. Yeah, I just
2: don't know if I see Joe Burrow being a stud quarterback for fantasy purposes. Uh, you know, he's got nice weapons around him. Um, if A.J. Green decides to uh, uh, stay healthy for uh, for once in the last three or four years, and, and Tyler Boyd really stepped up, but he's had some injury issues as well. Um, <clears throat> let's move on to Joe Mixon because, listen, this guy's got a lot of hype. He's got a lot of talent uh, he's in a dynasty league. He's, he's typically about the number six, seven running back off the board, but there have been a little bit of issues as far as him possibly holding out, uh, here in the future, if he doesn't get a new contract, but let's, let's cast that aside and just talk about his fantasy production and what we could maybe expect from him, Tommy, because, uh, last year, you know he he was a Q uh, an RB one the second half of the season averaging about sixteen points a game in PPR leagues. Do you see that? Um, do you see that staying the same or do you see an increase there? I mean, what's your thoughts on on Joe Mixon?
4: I can see Mixon being better this season. Uh, they've they've improved their offensive line. Jonah Williams, their first round pick from last year, is healthy. He'll be he'll he'll be playing this year. They picked up Xavier Suafilo from 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 the Cowboys also he'll be plugged in there at guard. Um I think that I think because of their uh of their improved offensive line I think it only helps him. Um I'd probably look at probably be close to 1250 1300 yards for him. Um and probably right around that that fifth or sixth overall running back.
2: Yeah, uh Rob, what's what's your th- thoughts on that? I mean, do you see him catching a lot of little checkdown passes from Burrow or uh or do you think Burrow's just going to heave it down the field? I mean, what what's your expectations as far as Joe Mixon?
0: I think we need to calm down on Burrow heaving it down the field first. But uh, <laughs> uh, he doesn't quite have the arm strength like your Andy Dalton does. But, oh, well. <laughs> uh, so, Joe Mixon, I, I, I think you were spot on uh, with the numbers, Tommy. He, he's going to be up there probably number five, number six, running back on the season, honestly. And uh, with the the line upgrade and everything, you may see him creep a little more now because, with with having blockers, you're gonna inherently get more yards, and they're gonna trust the run a lot more. And if Joe Burrow, for whatever reason, does need some check down help, then Joe Mixon's gonna be the guy for sure. So I'd I'd see him honestly. Like I could see Joe Mixon probably catching sixty to seventy balls this year. With Burrow getting used to the offense.
2: Hey, listen, that's uh, that sounds good for any Joe Mixon owner out there, uh, especially if you're in a PPR league. Um, you know, he started off a little slow last year, but definitely picked up the pace uh, the last half of the season, and and we'll see if that carries over into this season. And, and personally, I fully expect it to. Um, he's very important to his team, and. They're going to want to get that running game established, and with the additions, uh, you know, to their offensive line, I absolutely see uh, bigger numbers from him uh, moving forward. Tommy, listen, man, the wide receiver situation in in Cincy is just wild, okay? A.J. Green has been hurt the last couple of seasons, and even before that, uh, he had a lot of bumps and bruises is his heart still in it is he do you expect him to be healthy this year and and if you do or don't what what's your expectations as far as as AJ goes
4: I'll put it this way I never expect AJ healthy or AJ Green to be healthy I've I have zero trust in, in him being on the field when, whenever he is on the field he's he has great talent um I've I've never been comfortable having him on my fantasy football team just because it's not really consistent talent. There's a lot of times in big games, in big weeks, where he kind of kind of disappears and
2: yeah, he seems to be banged up towards the end of the season and that's playoff time in fantasy football. Absolutely, and and not to uh, not to to upset myself, but I do remember losing a championship game to you uh several years ago because A.J. Green uh didn't score a single point in week 17 and that lost me a championship to your ass so um screw A.J. Green I I don't have any <laughs> trust in him I will never own him on a fantasy team again Rob what's your thoughts on A.J.
0: uh I'm kind of with you on, on the A.J. Green side that he's I don't know if it's hurts in it like we talked about that and his feet hurting all the time. I know the guy wants to play; like he just loves football. But at what point do you say, "I've had enough"? Like I'm just tired of being hurt. Well, and I not, think he's, I mean, hes not young. He's 31
2: years old now, right? You know, so he's, and
0: he's, we talked about the injury thing before. I know you and I conversed about it, and it's to me—I kind of feel like if I were him, I'd want to be done. And you're getting all these opportunities, and Cincinnati keeps giving you the opportunities, but you can't deliver. uh, At some point, you have to self-accept how you're going to be. Yeah, he used to be
2: a a stud. I mean, he used to Mm -hmm. put up points. I mean, when he's on the field, he produces. Um, But it's just so hard. It's those games that he gets hurt. You've got him in your starting lineup. He gets hurt in the first quarter. Man, you, you've you've got one or two points out of him for the whole day, and that just lost you a fantasy matchup. And that's what kills me about A.J., just that I, I think, reliability.
0: I think he's uh, got a little pressure off of him now, too, with the wide receiver room that Cincinnati's built. Between Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins and, you know, John Ross is going to be healthy, so he they get, get their burner to go back down the field. I think John Ross is great. He just kind of needs to wrap his brain around the
2: game. Hey, and I think John Ross is probably going to be a little bit more motivated this year because they declined his fifth-year option, and so he's, he's essentially playing for a contract. Um, so, yeah. you know, you might be able to see – we might see some uh, surprising production out of him this year. But, yeah, speaking about those other wide receivers – on the team. Listen, when Tyler Boyd had to step up, he did step up, and he produced uh, high-end wide receiver two numbers. Uh, Tommy, do you see that continuing uh, for Tyler Boyd this year, even if A.J. Green uh, plays? I mean, what's your thoughts on that?
4: I do. I just think that that's who he is. He's a wide receiver two. Um, you've seen it the last couple seasons with him. He, that's Those are going to be the numbers that, that he's going to put up. Um, that's just him. Um, I, going back to college, that was him. That's what he did. He was he was consistent. He did the same thing year in, year out. He finally started putting it back to get, putting it together in the NFL two years ago. I just think that that's who he is. I, I, I don't see any real change in, in his role at all.
2: Well, do you think that T. Higgins uh, will kind of slice into that production? Because I think all three of us really, really, really love – T Higgins, I wanted to see him in Baltimore so bad, um, but that wasn't the case. Uh, you know, him being that big target, that end zone type of target. Can you see that affecting Tyler Boyd? Because in my opinion, I think you can pretty much just drop Auden Tate now, um, and and John Ross might have. John Ross probably has more. I don't know more uh, value in like a best ball league. But what's your thoughts on T. Higgins, Tommy?
4: I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head right there, saying you know you kind of cut bait with Auden Tate. I think that's uh, um, that's where T. Higgins' production is going to come from. I don't think it's really going to cut into into Tyler Boyd's very much at all. Um, matter of fact, it, <laughs> he, Higgins may even take over some of John Ross's productivity because John Ross isn't on the field very much either. Yeah, that's true.
2: And, and, and that the team really doesn't have, I don't know, that threatening tight, tight end uh, um, to really get those end zone targets. And I'm wondering if that's the, one of the reasons uh, behind them drafting T. Higgins is to have that end zone target. What's your thoughts on that, Rob?
0: Yeah, I'm with you with the tight end thing. I think you're looking at C.J. Zoma and who's the rookie they got last year? What's that guy's name? drawing a blank on it but what was that that Drew Sample Drew Sample's the guy Um, Drew Sample yeah I I think Drew Sample uh we kind of looked it up before and Drew Sample on our lives website for depth charts is listed as their number one tight end and I think you're going to see Uzoma on the field you'll probably see a lot of two tight end sets and then trying to stretch the field out with John Ross if he's healthy other other than that I don't know what to expect from the tight end production-wise in Cincinnati. I just don't know. Drew Sample can catch the ball, but C.J. Uzoma has proven he can as well. But I've seen him drop the ball a lot.
2: And yeah, we don't, I don't know if we really want to spend any time talking about the tight end situation there in Cincinnati because, in my opinion, I don't know if anyone there is going to be fantasy-relevant. Unless, Tommy, if there's someone, you know, do you think Sample's going to be uh, someone to maybe pick up uh, down the road or is Azuma uh, the guy to have?
4: Well, I'm going to say it like this. You're going to end up facing somebody who has a terrible record at the end of the season whenever you have to win a game who's going to have one of these guys on their team, and they're going to burn you for three scores.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I've heard that before. Um, so, it, it, Tommy, is there anybody in the draft um, that the Bengals took uh, that sticks out in your mind? Because I nothing really, in my opinion, uh, that sticks out because most of the people they took were defensive players. Um, you know, T. Higgins being the, the and Burrow being really the two uh, offensive players. Does anyone else in the in the draft uh, stick out to you at all?
4: No, not really. Um, unless you're playing in an IDP league and even though these linebackers that they drafted are probably going to be backups anyways, Logan Wilson may have the ability to slide in there. Uh, but again, unless you're playing in an IDP league, I, there's no point in them.
2: Yeah, I would tend to agree. I don't know, Rob, if you've got anything to add there. But it, it seems that we are, we all agree on the fact that none of us trust AJ Green. Um, in my opinion, if you can trade this guy and get whatever in the hell you can get for him, I would take it. Um, you know, just to move on from him because I'm certainly never ever going to get burned by him again.
0: Um, right. So, so that's interesting. You mentioned trading him away, and yeah. I think it'd be. You could probably throw him in if somebody's like, hey, can I get a a second-round pick along with this draft or or along with this uh, trade we're trying to do? You're like, well, I won't give you a second, but uh, I'll throw A.J. Green in there. Absolutely. To go get your guy. Like, if there's somebody you're trying to reach out and get and make this trade happen, maybe just toss A.J. Green in there as a little icing on the cake and hope someone bites it.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah, you might have to do a little bit of a selling job on that. But um, there's always those guys in your league that – live in the past and they can look at AJ Green and and think that um, he can be what he was once again. and that's the guy you need to target and go try to get you a draft pick or get you something on your team that's going to help you down the road. So and
0: that could be the win now guy like mm-hmm. who's who needs that one player to really solidify them going into the playoffs or usually like, you know what your team is really good, but you're not quite there hey, bud, I'll trade you A.J. Green for the second or third round pick or some younger player just to talk him into taking him into the playoffs with A.J. Green. Yeah, yeah, you can target that that
2: guy that's uh, in a position to win now that championship contender this year. So, yeah, we all agree on that. So, well, with all that being said, that is today's episode of the PPR Podcast. I, I definitely – I appreciate everyone who gave us a listen. Um we got a lot of great info when it came to the Steelers, the the Bengals, the Browns, the Ravens. I know I had a lot of questions about the Browns and the Bengals myself, and that answered a lot of them for me. So if I had some of those questions, I, I feel like some other folks out there, you know, was curious about Burrow. and was curious what to expect from like a, a Nick Chubb or, or a Baker Mayfield. So uh, I want to thank you, Rob. I want everyone to go out and follow you. Um, at back row Steelers you have a fantastic podcast I love it um even though I'm a Ravens fan I am a football fan first and I love it so everyone go give him a follow at back row Steelers and everyone follow Matt Bruning at back row Browns as well he had some great info when it came to the Browns um And and, and we really appreciate him joining the show as well. So, for everyone here, for me, for Tommy, for Rob, uh, for Joe, for Matt, we appreciate you listening to this edition of the PPR Podcast. Uh, we, We hope to see you on the show next time. Until then, everyone, please stay safe.